Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 214, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Friday, December 10th, 2021, which of course means that it is Dewey Decimal System Day, the day yeah. in which we uh, appreciate the days my elementary school education devoted to uh, learning the Dewey Decimal System. 100%. Which, you know, I've I've used every single day since. It's, you know, it's also Nobel Prize Day, but I, I feel really, though, we need to remind for the elders who listen to the show that it is Dewey Decimal System Day because that, who didn't fucking grow up knowing, having to learn how to use a card catalog or pretending to know how to use a card catalog. Do we think they're, like, they probably don't teach that anymore, right? That's like... Cur- that's gone the way of cursive as like just something they no longer have to teach and teach I have young people. I've not set foot in an academic context facility anything since 2007. So right. I know in 2007 <laughs> they were like, hey, y'all need to know how to use a research library. Right. And there is some Dewey, Dewey do do going on there. But Dewey do do. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka Magnum P. Zeit. That is courtesy of. Diogenes the Critic. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Oh, you know who it is. It's just your favorite sonar from North Hollywood, and you know him as the one and only Hideo Noho, because he's twisting up that fucking backwoods like Hideo's wind-up. Shout out to me for <laughs> not looking at Discord. There you go. But you know what it is? I do know what it is. It's Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. And we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very funny stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, producer, one of our all-time favorite TDZ guests. You've seen her on MTV, E, Comedy Central. Her stand-up album, Opinion Cave, debuted at number one on iTunes, and her podcast, Lady to Lady, is just one of the best out there. She's performed everywhere from a basement in Kentucky to the stages of the Kennedy Center. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented Brandy Posey! Oh, shit. Bra, 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 bra. Hey, everybody. What's happening? <laughs> Thank you. I love hearing my credits read to me before noon. It feels nice. Yeah. yeah. Start your day with that. Yeah. Can I tell you guys, I, while you were talking about the Dewey Decimal System, I looked it up and it was invented by a man named Melvin Dewey. Which is the cutest name in the world? And <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> it's really. My name is Melvin Dewey, and it's I like catalog a cartoon books. duck or something. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. And on like on the Wikipedia page, it has like the history, and it has like eighteen seventy to eighteen eighty five early development period of adoption eighteen eighty five to eighteen ninety four, and then nineteen forty two to present forging an identity. So it's just wow. trying to figure out who it is now in yeah. a post mm. in a post world where we don't need them anymore. It's very going adorable. through a little midlife crisis, and then yeah. Yeah, we'll descend into irrelevance. You know, yeah. some exactly. some still use it though. Some still use it, and other libraries are starting to argue that there maybe it's time for a change. Mm. Yeah, God, I think there's Melvin a. Can you alone. imagine how mad you would be as like a librarian that have been using it and cat like committed it to memory for forty years of your career? Oh, yeah. And then they're that's like, the, go- the Google 400s. comes in and you're like, excuse mm-hmm. me. That's like right. that's like taxi drivers that used to know the city in their head. And then Google Maps right. showed up and they're like, yeah. uh-uh, I know how to get around this city. How dare you? Come on, Isn't that still like a test in some cities, though? Like if you're going ri- to like ride for the city's taxi thing, like you can't be fucking like you mm-hmm. have to have a very 
solid knowledge or is that just something I heard in a London cab? I think that's probably true. I, I know that yeah. that is true overseas in, in London, especially because I remember when Uber went over there, they were like, no, we've learned the way that the city yeah. looks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like the biggest thing that they're like, don't use Uber. They don't know the city like we do. And I'm like, you know, facts, honestly. I'd, yeah. I'd rather have somebody who would instinctively be like, I will go down this wrong one way to get yeah. you there quicker. And there's something about uh, there's like some neurological study or like study of the brains of London cab drivers and like something about that job and like having to know all those paths like makes them mm. some, some of the like best at. I don't know, mental mapping, I guess. Okay. Right. You know what? I am just realizing I had always assumed that the Dewey Decimal System was created by whoever Dewey from the Dewey Defeats Truman headline was because <laughs> they were both from the, the days where everything was in black and white and apparently <laughs> n not the case. Older than that. So, you yeah. know. Still interested in it? Am I still interested in the Dewey Decimal despite, System? Despite it not having those origins that you thought it did? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, good. Well, you know, I just feel like the last name Dewey has fallen off. Like, we, we don't have yeah. very very Let's... many famous Deweys. And uh, yeah, they were, the history was lousy with them. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see more in the new century. Yeah, come on, Dewey. Yeah. Dewey, last name, step up. We need to do a revival. Brandy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Okay. Uh, first, a couple of things we're talking about today. The Ghislaine Maxwell prosecution has rested. Brandy, I know that's something that you've been keeping mm -hmm. an eye on. So we're just going to check in with you on like, what what does that mean? You've been watching. We're going to talk about the latest quote unquote attack on Kamala Harris. We <laughs> will, of course, be talking about the biggest news story in yeah. America right now. Fox News is Christmas tree hate crime. <laughs> you know, the, the attack gun. <laughs> on our freedom. All of that, plenty more. But first, Brandy, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Assisted suicide. I was Googling that this morning. Okay. Oh, because of that Because Swiss of that. Thing. Uh, did you guys see the Switzerland, the 3D capsule that just, they just came out with? Yeah. I remember we covered it like when the guy had first debuted it like a few years ago and was saying like, this could be something mm -hmm. to be used for assisted suicide. And then what? This week, it was approved, right, in Switzerland for use? Yeah, it looks like it's approved. It's really futuristic and kind of beautiful and like does feel like a thing that future people would kill themselves. In. Right. And it look it looks like a tanning bed that you can just like wheel around and you look out into the world and um you can put it in a nice field and then just die. None of the articles that I have seen about it say that when you die you also shit yourself. So you're shitting yourself in like a beautiful capsule in the middle of a field. And I feel yeah. bad for whoever has to deal with that afterwards, but it won't be your yeah. problem anymore. Oh. Well, I think at that point, if uh, you've decided that you need that that way to mm -hmm. lessen your burden, then, yeah, maybe shitting yourself is the least of your work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Somebody for else's sure. problem. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's like, uh, you actually don't qualify to be using this machine. It's like, and I just really kind of want to shit, <laughs> shit in it, to be honest. Yeah, uh, change just, my mind. Change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm shitting. I'm shitting. I'm shitting. It's too late, sir. <laughs> so I'm actually not familiar with this. Well, I guess I am because we covered it a couple years ago. But like, what does the pod What's the service the pod provides is just like sensory deprivation or something while you're no. Done. So it is uh, it releases like nit nitrogen as it also decreases the oxygen very quickly. So you lose consciousness, but there's also like a feeling of euphoria and relaxation. So you're not choking or anything. Oh, that does sound kind of nice. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm that's, in. Called it the Sarco machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was, I saw it on Twitter. I saw people being like, oh, yeah. And I was like, let me go read about this. And I just, yeah. we're just 3D printing everything at this point. We're 3D printing coffins and guns and heart yeah. valves. I mean, who knew the printer was going to have this kind of a revolution and the uh, a renaissance in the this part of the 21st century? Well, yeah, and it also, you know, this it's also part of this larger discussion around your right to die and mm-hmm. and what what your what you should be able to access or experience as you go into your final stages of life, because so many, you know, a huge push has been around like psychedelics and mm-hmm. how that's really helped people with terminal illnesses come to sort of grips and begin to have a feeling of acceptance around their, you know, but their end, their end of life scenario. But then you have like municipalities where they're like, what, you're going to, you're going to arrest like an 80 year old person who's like dying because they did mushrooms. Like, what what are we, what's, what are we doing here? Exactly. Yeah. So this is all just, um, you know, part of, part of this new i think just very necessary discussion that we've been having not having for many years yeah well and it's interesting because it's like if we remove the fear of death from people like death means like going to hell or heaven to so many people that are religious too then it's also like how are we able to control the masses and make them keep giving money and keep them you know supplicate in so many different ways too so it's it's a very it's an extremely empowering thing to give people the possibility to right yeah yeah, 3D yeah. printers could solve like most of the world's problems, but unfortunately the ink is too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a printer joke for anybody uh, <laughs> that's ever had a printer. These damn refills keep running <laughs> These out. These damn refills. <laughs> uh what is uh what's something you think is overrated? Being a good bowler. <laughs> oh shit. And I I'm... but I and I, I also think being underrated is being a bad bowler. I think it's Okay. I think it's fun to go and see people just be shitty at a bowling alley. And when when you show up with like your little glove and you got your little leg doing your little thing, everyone's just having fun and seeing their friends. We don't need you like to have your whole rig here. Right. Yeah. Just coming in being like, who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. I was just going to say, the the important (laughs) thing is that you celebrate (laughs) is that you learn uh, beat for beat that guy's celebration. (laughs) And then you yeah. do it every time that you you roll, uh, even right. even when it's a straight gutter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like I I went bowling last night for the first time in I mean literally years. And to my left, there was like several very serious people who like would also like stop and like very annoyingly wait for like me to go because God forbid two of us roll a ball at the same time or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, you're fucking up my approach. Yeah, and then <laughs> to my right were the two most adorable like little like queer high school goths that were just like bowling so badly and like their arms <laughs> were so thin time. and frail they could barely get the ball down the aisle <laughs> broken wrist every roll yes and i was like they're having a delightful time they're eating they're like a bowling alley is about eating a plate of like cold french fries and drinking something it's the only place that you can drink something out of a styrofoam cup in 2021 i think right, you know? right. and yeah i just was <laughs> like with cfcs yes. in them like, they're like, I didn't even know they made styrofoam with CFCs anymore. I thought we stopped that in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> that nope, they're nope. not a boarding alley. Boarding port, Stockpiled at the alley. old bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible at bowling. So I, I embrace the shitty bowling fun of bowling. Because, yeah. like, I just try, I just go for all kinds of shit. Like, I don't know any technique. Mm-mm. I will, I will use sometimes in a panic, I'll try and like watch a YouTube video before and be like, why am I always fucking up? Like, mm, and I yeah. realize my release is always across my body. Mm-hmm. So I'm always throwing it into the gutter. Yeah. So like, 
the thing I'm always having to remember is just that straight, straight release. But even then, I just don't give a fuck after a while. And I'm just being like, let me see how fucking hard I can throw this shit down and see if I can get anything to happen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's Crossing just like lanes. do a little granny yeah. bowl from time to time. I like to throw it down and then turn around and not look at it and then know right. that it's going to be a gutter Steph ball. Curry, that shit. Just, mm, yeah. Yeah. It just feels <laughs> exactly. real nice to lean into it. Embrace your failure, baby. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just roll it, turn around like you've just already knew you th- fucking threw a strike and do and do the who do you think you are i am right you're doing exactly. that shit from like the opening scene in kingpin where yeah. like woody harrelson is doing like a split like right before it hits the pins and he's like yeah <laughs> perfect exactly that's what i want to see at a bowling alley i want to see bo- unearned hubris <laughs> right right we're bowling alley bur- like bowling birthday parties like pretty normal for everybody oh, yeah. in like mm-hmm. the 90s right i felt mm-hmm. like that was always like a very standard type of birthday and that was probably the birthdays that caused me the most anxiety ah. because like more there than are a pool kids. party no 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 i didn't give a fuck about a pool party wow have you seen yeah. miles come on <laughs> yeah that's true have you seen me? I had I had a doughy body since a, <laughs> since childhood, and I didn't, and I wasn't really buying into these body image shit. So I was just mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna wear this scuba mask and mm. uh, stay yeah. at the bottom of the pool and freak the parents out." But the at a bowling thing because I remember just like being more competitive as a kid, and there was always like those couple kids who were really good, and then like you start being like, "Why can't I fucking roll it like Brandon does?" <laughs> <laughs> always named Brandon. Yeah. Did I ever tell you tell the story on here about when I got like too high and I got into this like weird mental block? I was bowling and I was really trying to do good bowling and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get it to even like the first set of arrows. Like it would mm-hmm. go directly into the thing. It was like I, <laughs> I had like some alien limb syndrome that was just like really bad at bowling. <laughs> it was a real mind fuck. Oh man! Damn. Everybody, <laughs> were you just like after the third one? You're like, come on, <laughs> like sweating. Like I don't know right. what's happening. I'm like I, the people. Like at first thought I was joking, and then yeah, it was it was one of those like, the most. It was the weirdest like physical kind of experience I've ever had because it was just you know I'm not normally right. very good at bowling. But it yeah. was just a it was just a very strange thing. It was like a Chuck yeah. Knobloch moment or like, <laughs> you know, or a Mark yeah. Markel Fultz, I guess, would be the more modern. Kill Hodges. Yeah. Yeah. Go even <laughs> yeah. further back. Man, I just remember the first bowling party that we went to as kids that like I think it was everybody's first time without the bumpers and we just all failed the we were like, Why? Bring the bumpers back. You're like third graders or something, just like learning about how cruel the world can actually be for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had I think I had the opposite of you when I was like at the height of my like drug use in college. I had I never had better bowling games than those Mm. times. Yeah, I mean, me too. Like or or when I was like drunk, like that's why I I assumed that I would have been like for most of my life. I was just better when I was drunk or smoking weed. But this time was just like I couldn't. It was very weird. I couldn't steer out of it. Yeah, I would just, I don't know what it was, but I think I quite literally had to go out of body chemically to be able to bowl just in a straight line. But there were some (laughs) epic ones I remember at Lucky Strike in Hollywood. I was fucked dead. And I fucking almost, I like, I rolled like a 250 or some shit. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> what, never really? even gotten cl- Yeah, it was Whoa. wild. People were like, yo. And, like, meanwhile, like, I was spilling drinks on myself and shit. Wow. But there was something about that, like, the music, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. rock and roll bowling type shit where, like, there's music to turn it up to. It just helped me find another gear. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, I've, I've realized not as important to me. So I've managed to throttle back the drug use. Mm. All right. <laughs> let's take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about G. Lane Maxwell and other stories. We'll be right back. And we're back. And Ghislaine Maxwell's prosecution has rested. We've been checking in with this story every once in a while, but haven't been like kind of following it on a day-to-day basis. But Brandy, it does sound like you've been kind of tracking it. So what does this mean? Well, me and my roommate, we every night we we've, so there's a great podcast called True Anon. If nobody's listening to it, yeah, it, they're they're delightful. And me and my roommate, every night they've been dropping daily episodes, and we turn on our fake fire and we just sit and listen to the reporting from the day, and then I go and I yell at Twitter about it, which feels great. Mm. So the def- prosecution is rested, which feels very fast. But you have to remember that like the scope of the trial against Ghislaine is very different than what the case would be with uh, Epstein. They're trying to go after her specifically for the trafficking charges and things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. so they can't really get into the full broad web because the further they get from her, the more doubt they can sow in the jury. Right. So they're being very, very focused on like, they have four victims that have have a given testimony and have all been very moving from all, all reports. And they've had like corroborating witnesses to all of their stories come in and basically been like, this is how we met her. This is how we interacted with her and trying to like place her in the minutia of Epstein's day to day life as much as possible. So that I think is like why it went as quickly as it as it has for the prosecution. Mm, right. The big witnesses, they had like two they had the four they had the four witnesses, like the four victims. And then there's been two pilots that flew the Lolita Express and then a lot of little people here and there as well that like worked in the houses and like ex-boyfriends and stuff like that. But her demeanor has changed over the course of the days. For the first few days, she was very like, <laughs> right. like just looking around the trial and stuff. But I guess yeah. when, the, when the third victim especially gave her statement and she was one of the uh, lower class girl from Florida that really was in it for the, for the money and was really manipulated a lot. I mean, they all were, but she was very much like, I don't have a family, $300 a pop. Like I'm not here for a life, right. you know? Ghislaine had her like head down and was hiding it and stuff. So I think I'm hoping that, you know, her change of attitude means that she feels like she's be- she's pretty fucked. Right. The, ju- the jury has also seen a lot of things that are redacted from public or like won't be entered into the record like publicly for people to see. And that includes a lot of videos and photos and nobody really knows what's on those. So I think right. I'm hope. I mean, you know, it's probably obviously horrible shit so hopefully like that is enough to that the the prosecution feels that their case has been made enough the defense starts up i think next thursday and they have like a week off and that is going to i think get very messy and very difficult to hear about because they're about to try to you know tear all these victims apart as hard as possible and it's like from listening to all the coverage it's so interesting that the way that defense attorneys are in court where they just try to like still slut shame you and all this shit it's it's so crazy because it feels so hack but it still is a hundred percent how this shit happens right and you're like how this is the only trick in your fucking book yeah 
I remember yeah. like just from the opening statement, that was the part I caught. And when yeah. her defense attorney came out, I was like, whoa, we're going oh. there. Like ever since the time of Adam and Eve, women oh. have been blamed for like, yeah. Okay. And then like this woman was in cahoots with these other people. Mm -hmm. It really felt, but again, I guess that's the only thing you have if you're trying to, you know, by any means necessary, mm -hmm. act like you didn't do some shit that you actually did. For sure. Well, yeah. and it feels like Ghislaine is very involved in in the defense as well. Like she's like writing notes to them and seems, I mean, which I think is ultimately going to hopefully hurt her because she, right. they, they haven't presented a clear argument yet. Like they're saying she's a victim as well, but also she she can't be she won't let herself be seen as a victim so she, it's like well you were involved but you weren't involved but jeffrey was your boyfriend but mm. he's also a victim of her so she's her her pride is getting in the way of all of this right and mm. then there's also yeah it's like she was involved the but mm -hmm. if she was these people are in it for the money and mm -hmm. like they actually she's a feminist and she like deserves yeah. your sympathy like it's it's like a bunch of over like i feel like Usually mm -hmm. the prosecution will present can like present a number of different like reasons for mm -hmm. why the person might be guilty. And the defense has to be like kind of focused, I feel like. But mm -hmm. this time it's like the defense is like, I don't know, here are like five Scatter different shot. options. Like maybe yeah. choose know, one like, of those. She barely like loved him and like I don't know, like and they're they're haters actually. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know, jury, like whatever you want to do with that. Exactly. But I think it's it's really, yeah, it, it, what, at which point did she shift to mean mugging the sketch artist and then <laughs> battling the sketch artist for their own, like, because that was the interesting thing I was kind of picking up on was that, I think, what was at the end of last week, mm -hmm. she had very much been like, I am now going to sketch the sketch artist sketching me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I read an interview with that sketch artist actually on Rolling Stone because I was like, what the hell? And she said that like Ghislaine has like turned around and like talked to her and been like lovely weather outside a few times. Like she's like, clearly, I think she's like, Ghislaine has like got weird like love addict, love bombing tendencies where she's just trying to like ingratiate people around her constantly to herself. Because apparently right. she, um she like hugs and like kisses her lawyers on the cheek when she sees them every day and stuff. And it's like, very weird she's just yeah. needs she physical contact is like very important to her because she's a mm. disgusting rapist <laughs> right but yeah it it's interesting it's uh her her sister and one of her brothers have been in court every day to be there watching and she is permitted to actually talk to them before everything starts which is something that most defendants aren't actually allowed to do which yeah, is strange wow already seen some benefits huh yeah. One thing that did come out yesterday that was really interesting is that, like, there is a, f a new flight logs have leaked out and Ghislaine and Jeffrey were on a flight together before her dad died, which, like, her dad, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad is this guy named Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell was, like, a huge spy for uh, London and, like, the uh, Israeli Mossad and everything and was, like, very suspiciously murdered on his boat. And before he was, like, thrown off his boat and murdered, there's, like, there's never been a connection with Jeffrey and Ghislaine beforehand, but this shows their relationship goes back even before that happened. Mm, and oh. his like a big thing that Robert Maxwell did is he kind of like moved a lot of money around and made it disappear for a lot of rich people, which is also something that Jeffrey Epstein did. So it's interesting that Epst that her dad might be how the two of them were connected in the first place. And there that line has never been drawn really before. Right. Oof. And a lot of people suspect that 
mm-hmm. Epstein was, you know, a CIA operative or at least yeah. like used by the CIA, worked mm-hmm. with the CIA. So uh, it makes sense that like they're all moving in the same circles, manipulating very powerful mm-hmm. people, helping them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. But hopefully, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like she could have come off much worse just based no, on the descriptions so. and of yeah. her in-court behavior. I don't think so. And I mean, yeah. the only thing that does make me nervous is that's like, they clearly like, they'd been putting together a case for Jeffrey Epstein forever. And then they, obviously he was, he was murdered. Uh, <laughs> and right. they're using the bones of that and they're putting Ghislaine in and then changing it as needed. So right. I, I think that they're really kind of hitting her from as many sides as possible. But clearly, I mean, the whole thing just, it makes it such, it's so frustrating that he's not on trial because there's so many other things you could be talking about that right. would actually like help her if to talk about, but actually like should be, you know, made, entered into the public record in a very official way through his yeah. trial. All right. Well, thank you for that update. Very well. And thank you for, you know, doing the <laughs> sin eating for us of, of paying attention to that fucking trial oh don't so worry i have a pillow on my couch i've just been like ringing and screaming at every day. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about yeah. kamala harris politico ha- has a i guess this is like a, a hit piece or something like, yo they got her ass yeah wow canceled, politico. Canceled. done politico doing the fucking lord's work of meaningless nonsense journalism I just want to read this headline of this article that's, that came out earlier this week. It said, Kamala Harris is Bluetooth phobic. Huh? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What does that mm-hmm. even mean? Like, she discriminates against Bluetooth users? She, she has an exclusive... after a people, somebody with a Bluetooth. Uh... Right. <laughs> right. Does she have, like, an exclusive Beats by Dre deal that doesn't allow her to use non-wired headphones? Like, what is happening exactly And this is what they say, quote, while a growing number of consumers are going wireless, the vice president is sticking with the classics. She has long felt that Bluetooth headphones are a security risk. As a result, Harris insists on using wired headphones. Three former campaign aides told West Wing Playbook. Okay, is that not cares? Is that not not fit for office? I mean, like, huh? Well, let's go on. Let me, let me, they go, okay, that, okay. Politico's thinking, all right, that wasn't enough for you. Allow us to maybe expand on this. Former aides say that the vice president has long been careful about security and technology with some describing it as prudent and others suggesting it is a bit paranoid. It's a recurring theme. And they talk about how when she was, oh, this is another one. And another former aide, when she was attorney general in California, said that when a person arrived for a meeting, staff were instructed not to allow them to wait in Harris's office alone. Okay. What the fuck wow. is this article? Like, this is, look, she's the new Richard Nixon. This is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Kamala Harris fan, as most listeners of this show know. But like, <laughs> what the fuck is this exactly? What is the point? I'm really curious what the fucking quote unquote journalists who did this. Yeah. What? What was this? He's adding, what did we need to know about this? Because they made, they, they like did a collage of all these photos of her wearing like wired Apple headphones. And they're like, look at her, dude. Like she's got these like wired headphones on. And I think part of it is probably some uh, anti-black woman bias. And they're just mm-hmm. finding some shit to just be like, fuck it, man. She doesn't, she hates Bluetooth. I guess that's something we can say to try and make her look different from the mainstream. But I'm not even like, I don't even, this is just so weird because if yeah. that's, who gives a shit about what her like 
her priorities are around like OPSEC, like operational security. If she if she thinks Bluetooth, she's not comfortable with it, like who gives a fuck? Like I, I just help me somebody also it, understand. Uh, yeah. They're they're using quotes from like former aides and like staffers. What like I just ask like a security expert, is this like over over the top Which or not? They like, don't because right. it, it it is true. You can be yeah, hacked. You can Bluetooth. fucking be yeah. hacked. Like For sure. yeah. What, what also, is has their any, fucking has anyone, point? Has anyone met like a older person or like even an older person of color? Yeah. People you know, I have aunts and uncles who have thoughts around ops, their own operational security. They're like, no, I don't use <laughs> that <sure>. shit. <laughs> I don't like I don't like that my car, I can't use the physical key on that because you don't know what's gonna happen. Like I this seems very normal to me, but again, yeah. this was just like part of a I don't know, clickbait failure over at Politico. I yeah. feel like after a former Secretary of State's private email server was hacked in a basement, maybe we should be a little bit more paranoid. <laughs> Than not sure. like maybe maybe it's okay to use headphones. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like this. This feels like it's either stupid or it's like weirdly nefarious because it gets to paint her because it, everyone knows that this is stupid. So it's also like, oh, we're attacking her unfairly for no reason. And if we're attacking her unfairly for this, then maybe real things that she is being fairly attacked for, we're also attacking her unfairly for. You know what I mean? So it gives mm-hmm. her weird cover. For like, oh, everyone's just being, you know, sexist and racist towards me. And they did it for the Bluetooth stuff. So they're also doing it for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Or like immigration stuff. Yeah. And whatever. Right. Yeah. It, exactly. So it's like, it, there's, it's, yeah, there's, it's, it's lose-lose all around. It's like, it's almost like clickbait journalism is destroying everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, meanwhile, like we're looking at, yeah. you know, just uh, the most, some of them, like, no, not some, like the most aggressive moves towards voter suppression we've seen. Yes. In our lived memory. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we're devoting inches and coverage to like this Bluetooth thing, because, I mean, this is something we've talked yeah. about or just mentioned, touched on, too, is just that this is just all like the media's huge hand in allowing mm-hmm. all of this shit to just crumble by the wayside 100%. because it has an inability to actually say like, hey, man, the, the country's really fucked up right now. And like shit's going to get fucking terrible if we don't get a hold of like just just the most basic voting rights yeah. to start off with. But instead, we're talking about fucking, you know, why doesn't she have AirPods? Yeah. <laughs> and I think people like see this and it tunes and it's frustrating because it tunes people out from like paying attention to the news more and more because you're like, I'm not even yeah. seeing anything real. And this is what it is. It's like I saw there's this morning there. I mean, it's unrelated to this specifically, but I saw this morning that it was like a, a Pfizer CEO was like, I think we're going to need the fourth shot even faster than the third one. And I was like, can we just like not right. talk to these people? <laughs> right. Can you right. just yeah. shut the f- like, I just I, I hate the news. And it's so frustrating because it also gives like people that say all news is fake news, like even more and more ammo. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I also, I get where you're coming from with half of this shit. Cause this is, yeah. bu- this is a bullshit story. It's, get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. All news is fucking coward news. Yes. No one wants to fucking say the thing past. Don't yeah. go like, rather than saying like, I don't know, this fucking pharma grifter says we should give him more money. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's yes. just treat that quote like that. Yeah, and exactly. Have a more holistic, you know, reporting around mm-hmm. saying things like this is how much uh, Pfizer and Moderna have made. This is how mm-hmm. much Pfizer stands to make from their therapeutics yeah. that they're developing. There's mm-hmm. so many other things that you can be t- like telling people yes. real things 
while also giving them an actual accounting of what the stakes are, what the dynamics are around the story, because all yeah. they do is just give you this shit in a mm-hmm. vacuum, no context. Mm-hmm. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to think nothing's wrong. Nothing's, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a, a gone awry at all. Yeah, They're, the worst thing is that Kamala doesn't use headphones that are, you know, Bluetooth. That are cool. Yeah, the worst thing, yeah. The yeah. worst thing is there are people dying for their first shot of a vaccine, but <laughs> we've we've entrusted this with just greedy fucking goblins yeah. and just only focusing like, well, yeah, in America, maybe you should get that third or fourth. Like, mm-hmm. fucking hell. I think yeah. there is, yeah. I truly yeah. think there's a direct line between like shit like this and the vaccine and like vaccine mm-hmm. hesitancy yeah. because like the mainstream media is fully bought into like the whole like corporate neoliberal like mm-hmm. ideal that is killing people that like is making people yeah. like making us the loneliest we've ever been like it that has completely taken over how we communicate with the, one another and like turned it into you know the most basic part of being a human being is like interacting with other human beings and we've turned that into like a algorithmically like monitored and monetized and like manipulated thing like so that people Mm -hmm. are going to react negatively to that and the mainstream media just has a complete like inability to cope with that and there is already a reactionary kind of option on the right and so Mm -hmm. that's why like things are moving so fucking out of control in that direction and like the left hasn't really figured out its alternative strategy right well i mean i think that's why you need more independent media and Mm -hmm. also just like for people to demand that these people actually say something that is counter to what their corporate benefactors dictate to them right like it's that you can't it's like because you you already know like we already know that if on msnbc they said we need to actually be breaking down how much money is being made and like also put people in the front of their mind because the most important thing about getting through this pandemic globally is to have as many people inoculated as possible. Yeah. Right. But if we're not hammering home that that's a problem and that mm-hmm. there's also there's corporate greed, national, there's like this weird nationalistic fucking greed that's happening with who's being shared yeah. with what, if that's not being talked about, then there's no context. And yeah, it's just why, why fucking pay attention? Because it's just going to sound like a bunch of, you know, chaos constantly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I think that, that at the end of the day, like, I think uh, I, you'd hope that more and more people rather than just being like, man, the fucking news is fake. It's not that it's fake. It's yeah. that it's being presented to you by people who don't even live on the same fucking planet as you. Right. No. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're getting the weather on Mars and being told that that's the that's the temperature on Earth. But yeah. no, these people live in a completely different reality, completely divorced from the existential threats that most working people or marginalized people face. So mm-hmm. to expect them to actually come with a real, you know, proper accounting of what's happening, I think it's just an impossible task at this point. For and sure. that's, you know, we just see that over and over. Yeah. And it's like that. That's also how you see like a story like this come out, because I I can guarantee you this story happened because like a bunch of people were like at drinks after the office in D.C. with a few reporters. And they were like, you know, I heard about Kamala. She doesn't do this headphone thing. And then because they're all boring and stupid, they all talk about it because they got nothing real in their lives. And then that's how it becomes a story. (laughs) They're like, oh, you don't Google it. Okay, remember when she says we did it, Joe? Wired yeah. headphones. Okay. Yeah, exactly. When she did this thing, wired headphones. You're like, oh shit, he's right. 
Yeah. Fucking always wired headphones. Yeah. You could feel the wine glass in their hand as they're like, oh, oh such yeah. an interesting yeah. little like, ball that we discovered. <laughs> Did you guys read the Jeremy Strong profile in The New Yorker that everybody was like, this guy is absurd? No, I haven't mm-hmm. read it yet. It's so he is like a lot, but it gave me this like very strong feeling that this one also gives me that it's like journalism as cool kids making fun of like a dork like yeah where like the the writer of the new yorker profile like oh, first, for disclosure jeremy strong plays kendall Roy. yeah sorry sorry mm. yeah, yeah that should be disclosed <laughs> not expecting everyone to be like oh yeah jeremy strong mm-hmm. yeah so kendall Roy, like kendall, the, the kendall piece Roy. is like he takes himself very seriously as an actor doesn't realize the show succession is a comedy is like what you mean like in the sense that Chekhov's a comedy and they're yeah. like no in the sense that it's like funny but it's just like a lot of like quotes from the people who work with him that are like this guy's real real annoying but it's also like written by somebody who went to Yale with him so like it's like oh, probably right. someone who's just like this guy fucking he's lame let's right it, it just I don't Take know it for me another guy who went to Yale right yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to hate, but you know, that's, a, it's all well, people are looking at each other through piece. It's like <laughs> I don't give a fuck about this. Like what? I don't know. It, it's right. entertaining, like how seriously he takes himself. But I also feel like I don't know this idea of like the media as just the cool kids making fun of, and the cool yeah. kids in the sense of they're not actually cool, but like they're the the popular kids making fun of right fucking people who are dorks. Just yeah. feels again like could we possibly make the mainstream media more hate hateable? Right. I think they've every time I think that they've like cracked the ceiling, I'm like, oh no, there's a whole nother floor. I didn't even <laughs> right. realize it. Very cool. darling, I'll hold my wine glass. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, just to I've like fill this. pages and shit because it's also like we love Daniel Day Lewis for that shit. This exact same thing. You're like, oh, yeah. DDL like became Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Cool. That's yeah, but fun. he's like a poser. He wants to be Daniel Day Lewis. Like that's le- legitimately. He like idolizes Daniel Day Lewis and like follows him around and like apprentices under him. And, yeah. But it's Aww. just like, pff, which... wait, Jeremy Strong does that's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like wow. from the time he was like in high school. He's been obsessed with Daniel Day Lewis and Dustin Hoffman and like all the you know. If anything, it just sounds people. like this article just says. Bro, no better person could play Kendall Roy than Jeremy Strong. That's right. Like, and that, that is, is the argument. Man. They're like, right. Like, yeah, I think more than anything, this lives. man's living it. Yeah. Good or bad. Right. So, yeah, yeah. That's the whole damn point. And how dare somebody actually, like, really work hard and not put everything <laughs> they have into their dream? You know, yeah. what a loser. <laughs> and then just succeed in it. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't get the past that the joint. feeling that, like, this is like one. Yale guy making fun of another Yale guy. It's like, ugh. oh, I, definitely. I bet I wouldn't like this writer either. They, if I they probably showed up with like the same cable net sweater to a party one time and yeah. just held it against him forever because he looked yeah. better in it. Right. <laughs> right. So. He's like, I should have done. I should have been doing push-ups this week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If crew hadn't been canceled on Wednesday, my arms would be looking great. Yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. Instead, I look doughy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dohi Decimal System. Hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And I think that 
the story that everybody's kind of monitoring around the clock right now is the fallout from Christmas tree gate. I don't know what, what to call it, how to turn <laughs> the fact that somebody lit the Fox News Christmas tree on fire into a gate thing, but they, they certainly are doing their best. Yeah, it's, you know, of course, any any perceived attack on Fox News, it can be completely blown apart into the new 9-11. And I think most people don't need to think too hard as to why someone would want to shit on Fox's Christmas tree. And again, knowing that this person was just like just a straight up arsonist, really not even like he's like, oh, that was the Fox tree. He's like, honestly, I just get off on setting shit on fire, to be honest with you. That was just kind of bonus. Watch yeah. the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, th- but again, Fox immediately made it about not just some random person who is an arsonist setting fire to their tree, that this was an attack on America. And you can tell that all this liberal stuff that's happening is leading to this. So first, let us let us pray at the at the altar of Fox and Friends, because the morning it happened, they truly were just just listen to their like sort of their description of what this tree actually stands for. But think about it. Who to Ainsley's earlier point, who sets a Christmas tree on fire? It's a a tree that unites us, that brings us together. It's about the Christmas spirit. It is about the holiday season. Uh, It's about Jesus. It's about Hanukkah. It is about everything that we stand for as a country, freedom and being able to to worship the way that you want to worship. It makes me so mad. Like, well, it does, <laughs> it, but it goes to the larger issue of safety. And we have been talking for a very long time. This city has gone south when it comes to safety. We don't feel safe when we come to work in the morning. We don't safe when, feel safe when we go home at night. Well, no, maybe not because of the things you're saying <laughs> on TV. Or... Might have more to do with y'all than anything. <laughs> Are you going to Yo. tell me they're not getting picked up and dragged, dropped off in a black car service? Please. Oh, but right. they, that doesn't yeah. change how unsafe they feel. Right. Well, the car and is drivers black, a so former, they have a Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or, or their driver is a cop who was, you know, kicked off the force for, like, using you know, excessive force or something like that. Oh, like, and yeah. that's my driver. And I still feel unsafe. This guy has a history of brutalizing poor people, and I still feel unsafe in this town. <laughs> Again, I just want to say shout out to all the Jewish people. You know, Hanukkah just wrapped up recently. And shout out to all y'all. I'm sure it was fun putting away your Hanukkah tree <laughs> for next year's hanukkah because that's what this tr- i mean what a fucking must, stretch yeah. but like ri- like just as hanukkah is gonna wrap up there he, someone's gonna light the fox news christmas tree the the number one emblem of hanukkah on fire maybe they uh, thought it was the last fair. candle maybe they thought the tree was the last candle in their menorah oh that's, 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 that's fair that's fair <laughs> i mean again as we all know it, it's the tree is about the season it's about jesus which again means that mm-hmm. it inherently means it's about hanukkah okay mm-hmm. because because jesus was jewish okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna use that logic there for this fox and friends piece but also like it the coverage didn't obviously this was like around the clock outrage machine on Wednesday and Thursday. So later on in the day, they had this other guy come on who was like, like, cause their whole thing is, I think they're like, we really need to be setting the table with the viewers. That, like this tree's fucking important. Yeah, like, of course. And we, it, it can't just be that some fucking guy burned it down. So I just want to hear another man, mm-hmm. Lawrence Jones, an unfortunate black man who's on Fox news, <laughs> yeah. letting people know also what he thinks what this tree fucking means, you know, to everybody. This tree, this was America's tree. Mm. Um, a lot of 
our, our audience come across from all across the country and even in our international audience to come see that tree. Mm-hmm. It was a moment of unity. And mm-hmm. lo- look, this, this appears to be a guy that was a repeat offender mm-hmm. uh, that had a criminal uh, record and a guy that just wanted to set something on fire. So oh, although that. he wasn't specifically targeting Fox News, he was targeting the country. Mm-hmm. All- <laughs> wow. wow stretch it out larry stretch it out baby did you feel the wheel and the the panic of letting a fact come through yeah. and he was like no 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 no, pull it back in <laughs> like they tried to stop him they were like no no no, no. we have to say it was an attack against us <laughs> right although it, was it wasn't against innocent. fox news it wasn't specifically to do with anything it was attacking the country yeah yeah the so, 9-11 of christmas 100 percent in many ways christmas night and then you know the whole time they're like we gotta rebuild it you know they're saying shit like we gotta build it back even bigger and better like this ain't the fucking twin towers but <laughs> again they're doing their darndest to make this a thing and throughout the day you've heard things like about bail like this has something to do with bail reform and all kinds of other oh shit God. someone someone fucking connected it to waukesha and the guy who was let out on bail and being like like a very similar thing that we have here we're letting people out and we don't know what's gonna happen and using this christmas tree to to go even harder on it did they so i'm assuming they just then transitioned into a long story about the need for better funding for mental health resources in new york city and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah no uh no unsadly that okay i'm later in the day means the fucking creeps come on yeah yeah. as in tucker and sean hannity and them yeah and they had they said okay y'all get it that tree's important now allow us to introduce some new ideas (laughs) maybe maybe this isn't just any kind of attack here's fucker farls carlson or whatever you want to call it let's blow it out even further (laughs) torching christmas trees is an attack on christianity obviously it's an assault on religious observance (laughs) By current standards, destroying someone's religious symbol would be called a hate crime. That's a category much beloved and meticulously chronicled by the Biden Justice Department. The DOJ can tell you precisely how many Korans were burned last year in the United States, but they don't keep track of Christmas trees. Why is that? Because a Christmas tree is on the fucking Bible, you fucking stooge. (laughs) Exactly. For starters. Nice try. It's not a religious text. It's a fucking tree. Oh my yeah. god. What? Also, I think the only other Christmas trees I've ever seen burned have been in like idiots' homes on episodes of ridiculousness. Yeah. Like right. or like <laughs> it's like a shitty goes. shitty I mean, prank you'd see on college campuses as you burn out a car by putting a dead Christmas tree underneath it and lighting it on fire. Look, I've been at a few sports riots. It happens. <laughs> but Man. that's where I see it. now to say that this is a symbol of religion, we've already they just that on earlier in the day they said it was had to do with a Hanukkah. Right. So is it Christianity or is it Judaism? Is it Uchiwali or is it one Mike Tucker Carlson? Also, Which one is it? also mentioned that it wasn't somebody targeting anything other than a big thing that would go up in flames really easily. Insane. I, I, what do you guys think the over on? Honestly, I have, I have an idea. If anyone lives in New York, I live too far away. I can't do this. What you should do is go down to the Fox Tree. And make like one of those, you know, like a thin blue line flag, but put Christmas trees across the line. You're going to make so much money just selling it to those idiots. Like that'll be like this. It'll be just like after like the Twin Towers stuff after 9-11 where people are just hawking shit on the corner. Go be that person. Go make that money and then donate it to something that Fox News would hate. Yeah. Thin tree line posters and flags. They're coming. We need the thin tree line. (laughs) 
Yeah. Sadly. So just to touch in really quickly, just on Sean Hannity there, he didn't really say much. I just like whenever we hear Janine Pirro might be drinking on the job and yeah. doesn't know if she's talking to Sean Hannity or Geraldo. In this case, she's on Sean Hannity's show, but, and Geraldo is like on the dais there or that panel, but Sean Hannity is clearly throwing to her. You know, Geraldo, what is amazing about all this is that you start your show every night with hostages in a foreign country. Well, I'm here well, to tell Geraldo. you that that's Americans are now hostage. <laughs> he said Geraldo, no but, worries. But it's, uh, yeah, 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 the, uh, Sean, that we have hostages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, she can... looks so confused when he told her it was not. It's not Geraldo. What was but the connection find... to she? She was going to say that this is our values being held hostage. I, I Probably was... that American culture. Yeah, right. is is the hostage now, and you Santa can't Claus. even you can't cool. even have a fucking Christmas tree up at your hate network right. and have something happen. But not even that. It had nothing to do with your network. You can't just have a tree up and some. A person with a history of arson shows up to do a crime that they have a, you know, a bit of a bit of an eye for. And then lastly, I just want to say Fox News again this on Thursday morning after we got that round the clock coverage. They kept the outrage up Thursday morning Mm -hmm. with Brian Kilmeade again, raising the point of, is this not a hate crime? It's right. unbelievable. He wasn't eligible for the bail under this these new liberal reform laws. That's right. But the judge would, could have found a way to keep him locked up if he felt as though he was a threat to society. Uh, note to judge, he's a threat to society. Well, here's the thing. Uh, in New York, under the new liberal policies of bail reform, mm-hmm. arson is only a felony. You can only be held if it's a felony. If the suspect tries to harm a person or commits a hate crime. And apparently lighting a Christmas tree on fire is not a hate crime. But, but it is. Even though a say, lot of people yeah. could have been injured. Yeah, here, and, but here's the thing. Who says it's not a hate crime against us, against Fox News? <laughs> Do I, oh, Fox News is a protected, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Protected group that needs to be, we, we need to watch out. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna oh, look out God. for that? Exactly. It's a hate crime. I mean, that's the most like peak white fragility shit yeah. ever, though, too, to be like, I mean, this is a hate crime against us. They they fucking set. They took the chain off my dirt bike. Yeah, right. Okay? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and siphoned the gas out of, out of they just took my gas can. This is a hate crime against me. Oh, my God. They're so desperate for any Christian persecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make Christianity like get get to cosplay as a persecuted minority like that is what that is what they like crave so much. I can see them actually claiming that the KKK Hitler killed them in the Holocaust. Yeah, or that the KKK is actually when they burn crosses. That is because they're mad. Jack, don't even. <laughs> oh my god, it's that, too much logic. Almost... It's too much. Yeah. They can't put those little things together. Just I preemptively got KKK upset for them and just be like, I don't, we don't know hey, who's burning these crosses. Well, they don't know who's inside the hood. Like, who knows that, like, actual racists are inside of those hoods yeah. doing right. that? It could be. Thank you. Also, yeah. where's my dad? He said he had to do something tonight. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Probably not him, though. Probably not him there. Definitely yeah. not him there. But I mean, it, this this is just sort of part of, you know, I think the compartmentalization that has to happen when you're a conservative is because the t- 
to even linger into the dimension of reality where you may need to bring a little self-awareness to what you're espousing or what your values actually mean to people that don't look like you. That's just, it's a little too far. A little mm. too far. Yeah. How, how soon do you think that they're going to be able to paint that like when Jesus came back, he came back a second time, but like as Santa Claus, like he just got old and fat and came back a second time. And then that oh. Santa Claus is actually Jesus. Right. That it wasn't like it wasn't three days from yeah. the cross to the tomb. That it was actually more like kind of like 30 years. He kind of let himself go and came back. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like because they're, 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 they want to connect it because they need it. They need Christianity to get to capitalism even more directly. And right. They can't, you know, it'll it'll happen in, in my lifetime. Jesus will become Santa Claus. I'm they're trying right here. I mean, they're definitely trying. But I think that's the hard bit is like they're using this. They're trying to like sort of air draft, like slipstream behind yeah. Christianity for all of this. When Christianity and just organized religion in general in this country is just like not a winning thing at all. No. So it just so it just begins to sound weaker. The arguments are like weaker and more illogical and less compelling. Mm -hmm. But again, this isn't for people who are trying who are neutral and like maybe like well let me hear what they have to say yeah right. it's just for other people to be like well how am i gonna yell about this later to some co-workers who watch cnn right yeah do you think that they're gonna like people are gonna start showing up and like camping out with guns defending the fox tree from now until christmas i see i could see that happening oh there's probably like snipers already yeah <laughs> yeah you know like you know freelance snipers who are just being like yeah i'm gonna don't worry i'll protect this tree Oh, they'll never get this tree from my cold, dead hand, just like but, my gun, the other cold, <laughs> dead hand. Yeah. Well, Brandy, as always, such a pleasure having you. Uh, Where thanks, can people guys. find you and follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle. My podcast is called Lady to Lady. It comes out every Wednesday. It's a real nice time with Babs Gray and Tess Barker and yeah, yep. the fourth guest, who's real fun. I have an album called Opinion Cave. You can listen to it wherever you want. But um, Twitter and Instagram are kind of the big ones. I post all my shows and stuff uh, up on there. So come on over and say hey. Hey, boom. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. So do you guys follow the Twitter account Kids Write Jokes at all? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I've seen some. Yeah. I'm an extremely big fan of theirs, and it's uh, somebody just uh, getting their kids write a joke for them every day, and it gets posted on Twitter. And this is the joke from a couple days ago. What did the skeleton say to the toilet? Uh, I don't uh, know. What, what did he say? You will get nothing out of me. I am all bones. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that made yeah. me laugh like an idiot the okay. other day, and I was like, yeah, I also feel like I'm all bones, kid. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> really That's identified amazing. with it <laughs> Miles where can people find you with the tweet you've been enjoying uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Grey and also the other pod 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra we talk 90 Day Fiance mm. the first one it's it's a video so I'll just retweet it and you have to check my timeline but Chadish underscore Gambino Chad, I'm sorry Chadish underscore Gambino pardon me tweeted, please, I want so badly for the good things to happen, Sylvia Plath. And then they show this video that's a mashup of like people like slipping and falling, but they're cutting it with like Vogue battles that you see at like drag balls. <laughs> and so like when people do like death drops, they're cutting like a dude on a roller skate going back, but then like a dude hitting a drop. <laughs> and it's fucking amazing editing. Uh, so, so I love it. And then the other tweet I like is from 
uh, Chanel Ganai at Chanel Ganai, G-E-N-A-I, uh, tweeted the African-American urge to yell, I know you lying when you witness something incredulous. <laughs> 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 I love this construction of the the blank urge, too. Uh, but that one was just laser guided. I love it. I know you lying. That's so great. <laughs> A tweet I've been enjoying, uh, Saggy Splinters tweeted me, I am crushing this workout class. The instructor seconds after they walked by me. General reminder to everyone to try and push yourselves today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, too real. (laughs) And then this is just a serious one, but straight up Xander Furness tweeted, reporter, stop reporting the defense budget and single year spending totals and social spending and 10 year spending totals. Challenge. Which, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, that's everything is about. Yeah, hmm. we're oh. not looking at. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not talking about the the his, history making defense budget. Yeah, no. What a but strange let's talk convention. About I wonder. Two hundred two point two trillion over ten years, <laughs> not two twenty billion a year. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? We are going to ride out on just some holiday background music. I've talked Mm. about my love of the Japanese genre of BGM, just background music, because it's just made for, it's like basically sonic wallpaper. You know what I mean? It's not interesting enough that you're going to be like, oh, I like this track. It's just setting a mood with instruments. And one of my favorites, BGM Channel, <laughs> the artist, put out a, an album called Happy Christmas Music, where it's like vaguely familiar sounding Christmas songs. So this one's called Sing Along. And it's by BGM Channel. And it's just, again, check out their music because they have all kinds of different vibes. If you just want to feel like you're at a coffee shop or whatever, they have vibes for you like that. If you want something to feel like you're in a cooking show, they have shit like that for you. So anyway, check this out. It's Sing Along by BGM Channel. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us on this Friday morning, but we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.